Alrighty, welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. We are back in the fine studios in San Diego, California. And I want to say it's a wrap. It is almost a wrap. I mentioned, I touched on this, that I was going to throw out the the bonus module. So let's recap and and set the table so we understand why this is I'm calling it a bonus module but in many ways it's um instrumental so we've gone through 8 weeks really 8 steps we started with deciding and what that meant about committing and taking action and then we assessed ourselves And then in each of these, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about, I would invite you to go back eight weeks. This is the ninth week, if you will, for what we're calling the, I know this doesn't make sense, the 28-day breakthrough. And the 28-day breakthrough is a program we have developed. If you go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash 2018. At this point, it's closed, but you can uh, get your name on a list for the next open enrollment date. So having said all that, we've already gone through eight weeks or eight steps. You it typically don't take eight weeks. It just, I wanted to roll them out that way. So we've done one a week, decide, assess, and then we get into values, mission, vision, and that all constitutes what we're calling the foundation. So a lot of you are nodding your head and you're like, I know, I've been listening, or I know, but you haven't actually, (laughs) and I'm not picking on you, you haven't actually done those steps. You're just listening. So I would encourage and invite you to go back and go through these steps. So that's the foundation. Then we move up a level to inspiration and we analyze our passion and our purpose. It's critical we understand and begin to believe why we are here doing what we're doing. I think it's Buddha said something like your main objective in life is to determine your purpose and then put all your heart behind it. Something like that. The point is, a lot of people struggle with this. I know I certainly did. The reason I'm sitting here recording on a Saturday is I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, another quote, Mark Twain, two great days in your life, the day you're born and the day you find out why. I've been fortunate beyond belief to go through great challenges, something we'll be talking about, that have guided me toward inventing, if you will, the habit factor and then how that has helped other people. It presents to me in a very clear way, which is why I then took the time to write the book and develop the app. It was just And it was all bred out of my frustration and pain. So you're welcome. 
But I know that's why I'm here. So passion and purpose, strengths, weaknesses. And then we go to energy and enthusiasm. The next module, which I know you listened to, which was about, you know, the first wealth is health. That's not me. That's like Epictetus. Health is the first wealth. We get our energy system in order. We design the habits that are going to ensure we are the best. You know, when when I work with entrepreneurs, the one thing that I see all the time, it's painful. Some of these are great entrepreneurs, but they're grinding themselves into oblivion. Um, short-term gain for long-term pain, that's not, that doesn't scale well. So the energy and enthusiasm module is, is in the five hole. It's week five. Then we move to six, which is goals, the importance of goals. It's kind of two parts in one part, if you will, importance of goals and then how to set them. And then we move into habit. We talk about the law of cosmic habit force and what that really means, habit alignment and par. And that's week seven. And then week eight, we get into what do we get into specifically habit strength and what that really means? What is habit strength? How to develop it? There's so much confusion in the expertise community a lot. And, and I say this cautiously because a lot of these people, um, are my friends. And then there's a few PhDs out there. So, so some will write me and say, I use this with my clients. I love this. They blog about it. And then there's a few that, um, are just like, who the hell are you? Where's your credential? Just to get this out again, the point is if I went through the program that everybody else went through, there's no way the habit factor exists. There's no way I'm correlating goal achievement with habit. The, the term out of the box thinking often and, and really derives from this idea that you're so far removed. Um, you, you look at things differently. And I, again, Knock on wood. In in many ways, it's a great blessing. So we talk about cosmic habit force, and then we get into habit strength. And the whole reason I just went through the whole PhD thing, you're going to see more and more and more about habit strength, not as the doctor. Um, his name's eluding me in the in the. God, was it the fifties? Oh, I think it's even older than that. But, but habit strength, not as some complex formula, but as a very simple process. We talked about it just much like developing a muscle. You start with small wins, so to speak. You curl 10 pounds, then 15, then 20. So you go through and you understand habit strength. And then that gets us to the final piece, which is the mastery mindset. <laughs> So some of you are like, shit, he, oops, now I got to put the E on this. Um, you're like, he, he repeats this every time. So yeah, because I know people's tendency is to show up, uh, especially new listeners and just look at the last episode. So I'm encouraging you new listeners, go back and follow those steps. And that brings us to the mastery mindset, which why would we talk about that last Somebody said, why not first? 
The answer in my mind is very simple. You really got to have that vision and that foundation. And really, the mastery mindset comes when you hit what? You hit obstacles. Change happens. So there are three great constants, and I'm sure you're familiar with this. What are the three great constants? And and don't tell me it's death and taxes and something else. Three great constants. Choice, change, and principles. Choice, change, and principles. And principles in many ways, you could say habit is a principle. Principles do not change. So habit as we learned, has been around forever, and it's going to be around forever. So in other words, it predates man even. It's a characteristic of, I mean, the planets are in perfect habit order, if you will, right? Patterns. And energy loves pattern and rhythm. So the point is habit is a principle. The reason I'm bringing this up, if change is a principle, Excuse me, if change is a constant, what we know is when it comes to mastery, if change is a constant, can mastery be a destination? Correct. There's no way it cannot be because change is always happening. And so crazy as it sounds um and i just mean crazy in the fact that this this i want to call him a kid he's a young man probably early 30s i did an event a goal workshop event for something called junto worldwide junto is a fantastic organization they're located or headquartered here in san diego junto is originally founded by ben franklin of course this guy had his, had his hands and creativity into everything. So I encourage you to go ahead and Wikipedia this, if you will. You'll find all these, like what Junto is. But I'm digressing only slightly. So at the, at the end of this goals workshop, and I should say at the front of it, it was interesting because there was probably four or five other speakers and, and, I just kind of open it up first. The fact that I love this crowd, that they're here on a Saturday focusing on how to get better and goal setting. And then I said something like, look, there's been a lot of talk about goals, five plus speakers. Now it's time to talk about habit, which is the force truly that's going to help us achieve our goals. So I go through this presentation and then the Q&A is probably close to 20 minutes. I, this guy kind of out of left field asked this question, what are your thoughts on mastery? I was like, did he just ask that? Because um, I couldn't believe it because I had blogged about it. I've written about it in The Pressure Paradox. I, it's something that's on my mind quite a bit. And it leads to thoughts like that, like mastery. So all I said to him, like, did you really – just ask that question. That's awesome. And, and I said, it, if you're asking my thoughts on mastery, it does not exist. And it, you could almost feel like the air 
get sucked out of the room, uh, deflated. And I'm like, look, I know that probably sounds a bit deflating, but it's, it's equal or for, far more dangerous to think mastery is a, a destination. It's an arrival point because if change is a constant, there's no way. So anyways, I went into this whole discussion about mastery and what I think, except for I'm going to talk far more about it now than I did at the point, uh, that point in time. But what I did tell him is a, it doesn't exist. And then I went into the story <laughs> about a guy named Kelly Slater. And just to frame this up, Kelly Slater is, if you haven't heard about him, he's an 11 time world champion surfer. And this is all very uh, relevant, so just stay with me. An 11-time world champion surfer, if if it makes you feel better, think think champion ice skater. It doesn't really matter. He's an 11-time champion. And what's fascinating is he was the youngest to become the champ and the oldest. So just think about that level of consistency over 20-plus years. Now, it gets more fascinating because today at 46 or 45, 47, he's competing against kids who could be his son. He's also doing, and this is the key point, maneuvers, aerials, surfing maneuvers that didn't exist when he won the championship or when he entered the tour 20 plus years ago. So the question is simple, how, and I haven't, uh, I have not met him. I have not interviewed him. Maybe someday that happens. But how can a professional be better tw- <laughs> 20 years later and more consistent than he was at 20? And the answer is, and I'm stealing this from his tweet, he tweeted out, every day is day one. Every day is day one. That's kind of where we start with the mastery mindset because we know if, if obstacles, if change is a constant, obstacles are going to hit us and hold us back. Here we are a few weeks into the new year and I'm guessing one of three things has happened. Either your old habits have sucked you back in. So you set a goal or a resolution and, and you can feel this resistance, um, your environment, which helps direct your behaviors is holding you back somewhat. So, and then you got, as I said, the first time that your habits. So, so your old habits of thinking, because somebody else in the Q and a said, I, you know, this is where I get stuck. I'm, I'm, I got the goals and, and I'm focusing on these habits, but then he starts talking about these, these thoughts and, and then he looks at me and he goes, so what's going on? And I said, it's important to realize that thoughts are habitual as well. And it was really interesting because his eyes lit up. He was like, damn. So, and I'm just writing down my little E connotation on this one. Um, so the point is, 
We're going to hit obstacles. That's why we're into this mastery mindset. And the first critical element of the mastery mindset is beginner's mind. Every day is day one. Write that down. Every day is day one. Now that sounds like maybe it sucks. (laughs) But it doesn't suck as much as thinking that you've arrived and then the world passes you by. So the greats in every field are constantly um, remaking themselves or constantly learning. So every day is day one, constant learning, number two, under mastery mindset. Number three, be like Wata. You can look that up. That's a Bruce Lee uh, saying. But for me, it rings true. It's brilliant because water has all these incredible characteristics. And I wrote about this as well. I'll link to it. So what is water? Water, first of all, I love the play on word. Water is the ultimate solution. It's it, it in from a chemist perspective, and I'm no chemist. I believe water is the is just like the perfect soluble for like everything. So so water is the ultimate solution, but you're 70, well, three quarters, 75%-ish water. Your brain's soaking in essentially water. So what do we not have to learn about water? And the answer is we have everything to learn about water. When we look at the characteristics, so stick with me here, water is persistent. What happens when water hits an obstacle? It just kind of like piles up on itself or it's patient or it goes around, over, through. It finds a way, right? So it it has this incredible adhesive quality too. So water bonds to itself. So we're just kind of going through the characteristics of water. It's adaptable. And that's the Bruce Lee video, which is so awesome. Be like water. So if you pour water into a cup, it becomes a cup. If you pour it into a bowl, it becomes the bowl. But can we not learn to be more adaptable? What we love to do is label ourselves and say, I'm a, you know, picket. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm this. I'm that. And Water doesn't do that. (laughs) I know that sounds probably crazy dumb, but water is adaptable. It's not going to necessarily pick a side. It's going to flow to where it thinks. I'm trying to think of the politician I loved years back. He said, I'm not about a party. I'm about an issue. Like, you tell me the issue and I'll tell you where I stand. I'm just not buying into one side or the other. But that this isn't about politics. The point is, we're going through water qualities. If we think, so I was listening, I think it was NPR this morning, and they were talking about, oh my God, is it, is, is there divine um, design, if you will, it was all about 
I can't go off too much on this, but the I, the question was simply put: is is it is it just chaos or is it divine design? And so immediately everybody takes a side, and it's such tragedy. Even these hosts didn't like interject, and the guests didn't interject. Nobody said it's both. Why can't it be both? Why can't there be some intelligent design that set it up and then there can be chaos within that? Why is that so hard to envision that um, you play a board game, you set up the rules, you have rules to the game, and then within the context of the game, there's random chance. We do it all the time, but, but for some reason, when it comes to big problems, we can't wrap our head around both. Now I'm totally digressing. So back to water, persistent, adaptable, adhesive, right? What else is water? I should probably look it up. Hang on. All right, so I just ran out. And by ran out, I just uh, stepped out of the studio, grabbed the book, The Pressure Paradox, and I'm pulling up, doing exactly what I said I I was not going to do. So on page 215, I talk specifically about mastery and water. Water is a patient. It's in no hurry. It's resilient. It's self-balancing, right? Just from a pH perspective, total equanimity, it's strong on a molecular level, supposedly supernatural strength. It's legendary how strong water is. It's smooth and it's soft, so it has no harsh edges. Very important. Remember, when it comes to uh, human relations, Thomas Jefferson's great quote, <laughs> and I'm... You want to, you, me, always reminding myself, take things, or he says, always take things by the smooth handle. I love that. So water is smooth and soft. It's transparent, no subterfuge. It's deliberate of its intentions. It knows exactly where it wants to go. It's consistent. It's cohesive. We talked about that. And it's an amazing solvent. So, (laughs) I mean, that's just 11 characteristics or character traits of water that all fit into the mastery mindset. So you're with me. These are traits we want to cultivate. And finally, before I let you go, I'm going to link to what I did was build a, as part of a... I think it was just a blog post a year or so ago. I developed the grit pyramid because in order to have the mastery mindset, we begin to understand that it's not, it's, it's not about a moment in time. It's about the journey, right? So, We begin to view obstacles as opportunities. Fantastic. Highly recommend this book. Another kid. Uh, My God. Why am I forgetting his name? Ryan. Come on. 
I will circle back. The book is called The Obstacle is the Way. And for some reason, I'm blanking on his name. Come on. Hang on. This makes for bad radio. Obstacle is... I have my mic in front of the keyboard. This is not good. Um, yeah, Ryan Holiday. Is that it? Yep, Ryan Holiday. So was, so part of the mastery mindset is knowing. And what's weird is I think that book came out right around the same time as The Pressure Paradox. We had so many themes colliding, so many ideas, so many examples. And yet I didn't read his book till like last year. And uh have no idea if he, he saw the pressure paradox, but we were literally talking about some of the, I, I mean, overlap. There's a point where I talk about astronauts and he talks about astronauts. It's bizarre, really good writer, very good book. And so the mastery mindset, once we get past beginner's mind and we're a constant learner, it's obstacles are opportunities. And that leads to developing the grit habit. And so I have developed a pyramid that takes you through the steps because grit is not just being persistent and it's not just being patient. It's all of these things, all of these qualities. I'll read through quickly the the formula as I see it. And if you're not familiar, you can look up Angela Duckworth or just type in grit um, and you will see all about that. The the idea is the kids that develop this trait are the ones that tend to be more successful. This is in many ways the difference maker. And it all fits into the mastery mindset, which is why it's last and not first. We need to know where we're going. And then as we encounter the obstacles, we're going to rely on our mastery mindset. So it starts with the vision, which we worked on, belief, you're patient, there's courage, you reframe mistakes, you're creative, you're persistent, we're working our way up this pyramid, resilient, mental toughness, and reflective, which brings you all the way back down, back to vision. This is how you cultivate the grit habit. So these are the the habits that constitute the grit habit. You put it all together and you get the mastery mindset, which means we're always a student. We are the perpetual student. We never arrive, but we are always arriving. (laughs) And that's just not, we're not just playing with words here. It can be both. So there you have it, my friends. I have hit you with a ton of stuff. Remember, I think it was Socrates, learning is remembering. This is the type of stuff. I think as you hit those obstacles, you realize change is always constant. Cultivating this mindset, cultivating these qualities is nothing that you do for a month. It's nothing you do for a day. It's nothing you do for a week. It's not something you do for a year. This is something you do year in, year out for the rest of your life. And ultimately, you begin to see how the grit muscle, the grit habit is developed, the mastery mindset is developed. And 
I'm not saying it's easy, but it is straightforward. And when you look at the alternative, the alternative is just to think everything's cool, fixed mindset type thing that you've already arrived and then the world passes you by. So there you have it, my friends. Get after it. I'm stoked I got this one out before I disappeared for a few days into Max on a beautiful little surf trip. That's my GTR. The mastery mindset. And thank you guys for... uh, I'm thanking you in advance for the reviews that are coming. Um, Every once in a while, I get an email or somebody reaches out on LinkedIn and they say, dig the show. Other than saying thank you for the kind words, I tend to say things like, be great if you could drop a review if you haven't already. So... Thank you so much. The Mastery Mindset is the ninth module, the ninth step. All of this is wrapped into the 28-day breakthrough. If you go to thehabitfactor.com forward slash 2018, just throw in your email there. That's all you can do at this point. It's just an enrollment for a listing. It's not even a commitment for the next enroll open enrollment period. There you have it, my friends. Uh, I think I'm going to hit you with the Habit Factor preview. This would actually be a good one for the Pressure Paradox, but since it's already queued up, you get the Habit Factor Audible preview, and we will see you. Thanks again. Take care. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. If there's one thing I know, and I think Jim Rohn was the one who said this originally, in five years, the difference in your life will be largely based upon two things, the books you've read and the relationships you have fostered. Doesn't it make sense to take advantage of the downtime, whether you're on the road on a run, in the gym, kill a couple birds with one stone, get a book going. It's phenomenal. It's The more people I turn on to it, the more uh, compliments I get. Not that I've actually done anything. 180,000 titles to choose from. You get one free book a month, 30% off any other book. Again, check it out. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. I'm going to say that again real quick. AudibleTrial.com forward slash habits to goals. And that is the number two. And of course, when you support our sponsors, you are supporting the show. So thank you again. I am extremely grateful. We'll see you at the next episode. I don't have the discipline, or I'm just a constant procrastinator. I know what I need to do, but just don't seem to do it. Sound familiar? Typically, the root causes of personal frustration, 
lack of fulfillment, or even emptiness can be traced to one or both of the following. No clarity of purpose, or the notion that you aren't tapping into your potential. Simply put, you're not getting the most out of yourself and your abilities. And believe it or not, in many ways, the key to all achievement is essentially the opposite of the classic Japanese proverb that says, beginning is easy, continuing is hard. Chances are you'll agree that getting started is the hardest part. And in fact, while never easy, continuing becomes easier over time. It becomes easier because of a magical gift each of us have been endowed with, an extraordinary achievement device, a tool so powerful that it willingly performs the tasks you have programmed automatically and without conscious thought. Consider that for a moment. This remarkable gift, of course, is habit. The true challenge, then, must be to bust through the initial resistance to literally begin moving, to break the inertia. This is absolutely essential. Procrastinators should recognize, much as Newton pointed out centuries ago, that a body in motion tends to stay in motion, and therefore a body at rest will remain at rest. Certainly, if you've ever heard the saying, when you want something done, then give it to a busy person, you can appreciate the truth in these observations. In The Republic, Plato states, the beginning is the most important part of the work. And even though his context was in reference to a child's character, he states a simple truth, for without a beginning there can be no end, no result. Therefore, it's worthwhile to keep in mind that you have little chance of doing something a second and a third time if you haven't done it yet a first time. This may sound a bit ridiculous, but the message cannot be overemphasized. You simply must get started, or as Nike says, just do it. And of course, the habit factor's corollary to Nike's famous slogan might be, just do it often.